the pleasure within the arousal and the orgasm is actually a taste of bliss, a taste of enlightenment. Hello and welcome to The Real Raw You. I'm Jenna Blacker. And I'm Jonda Watson, and we talk about all things oneness, sex, and relationships. As well as meditation, wellness, and awakening with a flair of fun. All to help you become the real raw you. Subscribe and listen weekly to this juicy, orgasmic experience. Welcome to the Real Raw You podcast. My name is Jonathan Blackert and my co-host is Jonda Watson. Today we're talking with Gina G and we are going to talk about all things self-pleasure as well as how to help the vagina when it's just not luby enough and so much more. I'm hoping you will stay to the end of this call because we've got a bunch of yummy, delicious gifts for you. I have known Gina a really long time um, and have had the pleasure of taking yoga with her and private sessions. And so I'm super excited to introduce her today. Gina G is a nationally registered multi-certified teacher, coach, and therapist. She has over 40 years of service in public and private practice. She's the creator of Ayur Yoga Tantra Spa and is a clinical Ayurveda specialist and a holistic healing medicine and panchakarma specialist, and so much more. Gina G's specialties include holistic lifestyle and wellness coach, teacher, trainer, and therapist, and tantra yoga therapist. She offers pleasurable self-paced programs specific to each client, and she also offers gestalt client-centered talk therapy, all natural health, beauty, and fun fitness programs, self-care made simple, practical outdoor practices, all styles of breath work and meditation. And we will include a link to Gina G's website and Instagram pages so that you can see all the amazing classes, programs, sessions, and experiences that she offers. So welcome to the show, Gina. We are super excited to have you here today. I'm super excited to be here and uh, really such an honor. And thanks for that intro. That was a mouthful, right? It was. It is a mouthful. You have done so many things uh, in your lifetime. And um, you really have. So we'd like to just dig in. So it's been a couple of years since we've seen each other and you've had a lot of life changes. I have. Yes. I I guess when we spoke last, I mentioned that my husband passed away. It's been a few years, but it was a big adjustment because it happened in my Mm fifties and it was sudden and uh, it really took me for a loop and had me, you know, just take a new interest in health and healing from a perspective for an aging single woman. And you could use the word widow, I use the word single woman and I had so many physical, physiological changes happen and dating. That was a whole nother scope. Oh my. (laughs) Um, So I had had training, you know, obviously in, in many of the things you mentioned, including Tantra, but I took a deep dive into more advanced Tantra to understand it from, uh, a single woman's perspective, um, a widow's perspective, and how we have a lot of uh, like stigmas around aging and sexuality, menopause, including, you know, even menstruation. We know this, right? Mm -hmm. And so as these changes started happening to me, I thought, you know, I feel a lot of this is just me succumbing to media and hype and just old paradigms and belief systems that I really didn't want to own. And so that led me to advanced Tantra. How fun. So can you tell us a little bit about what Tantra is? Well, I like to call it pleasure as a path, pleasure as a path of enlightenment, awareness, consciousness, It's taking sex and uh, sexuality, your health, your intimacy with yourself or with your partner or partners to a deeper level, a more conscious level. And 
that could be, you know, your own personal practice where you're understanding that no matter what your age, you can turn yourself on. When, no matter what your age, if you feel like your hormones are shifting, you can reactivate them and recharge them through all your sense therapies, through breath work, through meditation. We can talk about some of these things. Yeah, that your, your relationship with your partner can um, really take the, the sensation and the pleasure and the arousal and stimulation to an expanded place rather than the um, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, or that quick uh, genital sneeze, we'll call it, or hiccup, <laughs> where, where in, you know, we're in a rush because we're in our heads and it's more about performance and it's more about getting to the orgasm than it is expanding pleasure. Mm -hmm. Makes yeah. sense? Yeah. 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 Let's, let's dive into some of the things that you offer your clients to reactivate or revitalize some of these, you know, sexual pleasures and to increase pleasure in general. Yeah. I mean, it would be actually for a tantric client or anyone coming to me, because what I'm finding across the board is that some of us have forgotten what happiness and pleasure really mean to us. Mm -hmm. So in a day, I might ask you to do what I've done is how can I turn the pleasure scale up in any moment at any time in any way? It doesn't have to just be the bedroom, self-pleasuring or masturbation. It will be that and we will go into that. But where and how do you experience pleasure? How would you define pleasure for you? Food. Like Sorry, that wasn't a question for me. <laughs> no, that was. That was. I, you know, I want us to have an exchange. I don't want to be just you know, talking over anyone. Um, but yeah, so food, food is a beautiful, sensual pleasure and, and a celebration. But what happens for a lot of us when food is in front of us, either we're rushing to get it down, we're overeating, or we have self-dialogue about, is it good for me? Is it bad for me? Right? Totally. Um, and, and we actually do this all day long. So a lot of this work, Tantra included, sexuality included, is about self-awareness, mm -hmm. is about going inside and, and thoughts, feelings, sensations, and images, and really understanding your intuitive nature and what turns you on. How does nature turn you on? How does food turn you on? And appreciating that rather than villainizing it or rather than feeling like, oh, I can't do that. I don't have time or it's selfish or on and on and on. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I know that a lot of people and Jonda and I have really worked on some of that self dialogue ourselves. Um, what are some of the practices that you have that kind of like intersect or change those types of like algorithmic patterns of yeah, noise. That's yeah. a great way, to, great way to put it. So if we play with this pleasure thing, when I say in any moment of any day, so any activity, for instance, right now, as we're sitting and exchanging with each other, is there anything you need to make this more comfortable, satisfying and pleasurable for you? Do you need to grab a cup of tea? Do you need a pillow underneath your butt? What would make you more comfortable? During the day, as you're working or engaging with someone, uh, having a conversation, when you take in through your senses, three things are happening. It's either nourishing you, it's neutral, or it's toxic or uncomfortable or, um, taking your energy from you. Mm -hmm. So in, in your day-to-day -day activity, start noticing as you're having a conversation on the phone, working outdoors, indoors, what can I do in this moment to make it super satisfying on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, yeah, that's it. Right. So it might be adding music or candles or you're, I've been into red lights lately. So finding like the other elemental environmental factors that 
uh, really create change and bring more enjoyable Beautiful. pleasure to Over everything. Okay. All the sense therapies and all the sensual yeah. pleasures. And uh -huh. however, sometimes it means having a conversation with someone or cutting off a conversation. Now you can do this gracefully, right? Because often we're giving our energy into and away, right? Mm -hmm. And this is going to take from our satisfaction, our pleasure, and that thing that builds ojas makes us unctuous. Ojas is life force and life nectar. And ojas is important for sex. And ojas is important for health. And ojas is important for immunity. So if you're having a conversation with someone and you're really not enjoying it, and you really want to get away from it, or you really want to change it, maybe excusing yourself or saying, I'd love to hear more right now. I'm a little tired. Can I get back to you? So learning your boundaries and learning about energy and learning about when you take in through your senses, is it nourishing and building Oja's life force nectar? Because your sex will be a whole fucking lot better if it is. Yeah. Can I yeah. So is that equivalent to chi? like chi energy? Okay, so yes, and you can call Oja's chi. Um, I would say prana, chi, and ki are more alike. Okay. Uh, I would say in Chinese medicine, Oja's is more like something called jing. Have you heard the term jing? No. So Oja's and jing are more alike. So you're not wrong, like prana, chi, and ki are definitely important. They're an aspect of energy, and that's that's a whole big conversation. Element, elementally, we're we're experiencing chi from nature, from our food, from all the sensual pleasures, and that is going to build that life force, nectar, that juiciness inside of us, as well as around us, our electromagnetic energy, meaning our ojas or our jing. Very cool. Love that. Um, so I want to dive in and our, on our pre-call, you mentioned something and we stopped you from explaining everything because I thought it would be like so juicy to put it on the podcast. And you talked about um, sex, you know, self-pleasure sex mm -hmm. after your husband passed and how it was like this, you know, hold, you know, two hour or so, you know, intimate sometimes, relationship. Sometimes yes. I don't, I don't want to freak anybody out. out there. And I well, said that yeah. to a girlfriend the other day, sometimes, you know, my, my, my sexual experience with myself, my self-pleasure, we say meditate before you masturbate might mm -hmm. be two to four hours because it's just like four, foreplay with your partner yeah. or foreplay for yourself or you can call it romancing yourself or dating yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, when Singh talked about his sexual experience being two, four, six hours, people were freaking out. That's because he was including everything. What yeah. we're talking about, pleasure throughout the fucking day. And mm -hmm. then with yourself, what kinds of things turn you on sexually? Did you know that you can have an orgasm just from breath work and meditation? Did you know you can have dream orgasms? I'm sure you've experienced those. <laughs> <I haven't>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Then the gosh, the heartgasms because you're just so full of joy. Yeah. So as you open yourself up, you start to see, well, my sexual pleasure is not just in the bedroom. However, we're leading to that. So you're asking about that. I'll, I'll, well, I, I was just kind of, you know, cause you know, sometimes, you know, I, I mean, I just follow the energy, right. It's sort yeah. of like, you know, it, is this more pleasurable? Is this fun? Is this, you know, and, and with, with a, you know, with masturbation, even with a partner, it's very much just like following the moment, you know, where, what, what seems juicy and fun and more pleasurable next. Right. And, you know, and where am I going to just, you know, be and lush in this. And, you know, I'm sure that it's something like that. I just wanted to hear more how more, you would more details. And, and yeah, more details, like what could I add, you know, what could the audience add? What could, you know, anybody listening add that would amp up and help, you know, increase more pleasure. 
So I'm circling around a little bit because I want to give everyone permission to know that everything in our life can be pleasurable and a turn on. Mm -hmm. But as we get into sex, we actually have formal and informal practices in Tantra. Now there are different kinds of Tantra. The lineage that I've studied comes from a lineage of female shamans. And so it is very, um, we can say, um, honoring the masculine and the feminine energies that we all have inside of us. And formal and informal practices mean, I could formally begin with use getting my little space, sacred space connected to all the elements of nature, as you mentioned before, mm -hmm. using sense therapies, bringing in candles and lights and food and mood. And so that's a beginning, setting the stage and setting the tone for your space to turn you on. That would be part one. Nice. I'll make sure I have, uh, send you guys a link to my sex snacks and aphrodisiacs because I explain how to do this. Cool. So creating your sacred space is super important. You know, sometimes we're just in this rush to, you know, like I said, get into bed or get into um, tickling our clitoris or, you know, our penis or, you know, just overstimulating right away rather than really setting the stage and taking the time. So sacred space is one. You mentioned music. Music is another one. Like what music turns you on? Mm -hmm. And moving your body, especially around the pelvic region, is a great way to increase circulation and get you a little bit more in your body and out of your head. So mm -hmm. I really like any kind of movement, in and out of nature, sense therapies. I am not opposed to, unless you have... Um, an addiction or an imbalance using recreational substances or alcohol that also will relax you and get you in the mood. Mm. These are part of formal and informal practices. But then if we get more into the formal practice of breath and meditation, there are specific breathwork techniques that we use, specific sound and mantra that we use because we define Tantra as weaving light and sound with form. Light means color and vibration. Sound means mantra and vibration. And the form is us. And if you understand that, you are not just a physical human body, you're also a vibrational being. You're made of atoms. Mm -hmm. Right. So aligning with all those things. Do you have a question? Oh my gosh. I've, I mean, I've, this conversation's turning me on. I'm just so, I'm like, just, you know, I, this huge smile on my face. Cause Let's I'm just one together. Can we, yeah, I, yeah. I want, cause I want an experience now. I'm like, okay, give, give show me, show okay. me. I'm from Missouri. <laughs> so this also in the PDFs, you would get one PDF a day for five days, if I'm remembering correctly. And, um, this one is a, a, about turning yourself on. And I, I always like to be super respectful to um, anyone who is not yet connected to themselves, connected to their body in a sensual way, in a touchy way, in a, in a, a heart-centered way. And so I give lots of options. In other words, this one starts with sitting tall, or you can be in your bed or you can be in a chair. One hand is over the heart center or the heart chakra. And we call that the center of the chest region. So one hand is over that doesn't matter which one. And the other hand is either at your genitals cupping your vagina or we call it your yoni, your sacred space or your penis and your testicles. We call this the lingam and the jewels, your wand of flight. Hmm. And if you're not comfortable yet touching that, and it's okay if you're not, it's really okay if you're not comfortable touching yourself there. If you're not, you just rest your hand above around the pubic bone or belly button. And you begin by inhaling and exhaling. And it's nice to inhale and exhale in any way that feels comfortable to you. So you don't, again, get caught up with, am I doing this right? There is no wrong way to start tuning into yourself. There's no wrong way. Absolutely not. So you're in your head a lot. Okay. 
Just stick with me. One hand is on the heart. The other hand is around the genitals. Exhaling with a soft sigh. It could be high, middle, or low. Inhaling through your nose, exhaling with a sigh. This starts to stimulate what we call the vagus nerve. And if you've read anything about the vagus nerve, it takes us from the fight or flight to the rest, feed, and fuck mode. That's what we call it. Right, like that. (sighs) Inhaling slowly and exhaling slowly at your own pace. Now you're listening to me, hopefully you're not driving. You're listening to me and you're getting the idea, like, but we wanna stay here a little while till we start to feel where the hands are and move the breath and sound where the hands are. Cause right, we're weaving light and sound with form right now. And you're inhaling and exhaling slowly. And it's nice to like, just really feel it. This could be done in a bed. You can do this in a bathtub. You can do it in a pool. You can do it out in nature. And letting yourself drop in to where the two hands are because now you're connecting your heart chakra, your heart center with your genitals, with your root chakra and the lower three chakras, our sex chakra. These are energy centers. And this starts to tune us into our sensual pleasure However that shows up for you, you might be a little uncomfortable at first. You might be going in and out of your head. This might be completely foreign to you, but we got to start somewhere. So you're inhaling and exhaling slowly. You're allowed to touch in any way that feels fun to you, interesting to you, or just keep still. But as you breathe in and as you breathe out, start to really slow the breath down. More advanced practice, we have our eyes partially open. For a beginner, you might want to close your eyes. And as you inhale and exhale slowly with that soft sigh, low, middle or high sigh, start to extend that sound a little bit longer on the exhale with a little bit longer inhale. And then you want to imagine a little red ball in and around where the lower hand is inhaling and exhaling. If you've done any kind of chakra meditations or tantra meditations, you're familiar with this idea of the red light or the red ball in the lower body. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, we can charge up this area physically, physiologically, emotionally, hormonally, just by doing this, just by breathing, imagining the red ball, that you're charging up the red ball every time you inhale and exhale and every time you use sound. The red ball could be small, medium, large size. The red ball could be radiating rays every time you breathe. The red ball could have another image or change color because it's your red ball. And however you imagine arousal, stimulation, turning yourself on, Whatever images come to you, thoughts, feelings, sensations are all correct. So just hang out there. Like you do this for 10 breaths to 10 minutes, whatever you feel like doing. Mm -hmm. Questions on that? That's just so delicious. Um, You know, and talking about, you know, one of the things that I really got from my, you know, work, not just with Tantra, but, you know, working with a sexual partner and a really curious one is that, you know, it's very much not about fantasy or, you know, visualization anymore. What does Tantra really have to, you know, say about, you know, like fantasy, um, you know, cause it, it seems as if when that actually takes us or it takes me too far away from me when I start to actually like fantasize about something else. Do you wanna talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say there's no wrong way. Mm -hmm. If you're saying for you that fantasy takes me away from this sexual orgasmic pleasure and this chakra or this area of my body that I'd like to stay in, then that's not right for you. Right. Fantasy, for I would say fantasy for an informal practice turns you on 
and feeds you and nourishes you, then by all means go there. But if fantasy is keeping you up in your head and not connected to the other chakras, because a big piece of this is moving energy and is connecting the heart energy with the sexual energy, then I would say, play with the fantasy, but also play with the techniques I'm going to give you. And then the techniques mm -hmm. would get even more and more specific. Again, you were asking about um, my own self-pleasure practice after I did all the um, setting the stage and the music, mm -hmm. all the sense therapies, the breathing, then I might go into another kind of meditation that's weaving the light and sound with form. And then I would go into my actual touch pleasure practices. And I have a few different ones. I have short touch pleasure practices, which are a type of masturbation where pleasure and arousal and engorgement of the physical tissue is a big piece of this because it takes a woman 20 to 45 minutes to fully engorge and not everyone knows that. If you mm -hmm. practice Tantra, you know that, right? Yeah. 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 I don't time things, but I do know that, <laughs> you know, I take as long as I take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it, it's, a, it's a very different feeling to be fully engorged and incorporate this breath work or meditation mm -hmm. or touch a whole different ball game, whole different ball game for me. It took my um, pleasure practice my sensuality, my sexuality, my sexual maturity, my sexual confidence to a whole different level. And we practiced when we were trained with partners, without partners, so that we could understand giving and receiving to both sexes. So I'm trained in all of that to really understand it. And um, yeah, and you're also trained in helping people heal from like sexual traumas and yeah, and, because a, no. a large part of my practice is people coming that have pain, discomfort. Mm -hmm. That's why I, I give a lot of permission. So if you've had trauma there, we do somatic healing around that. A big part of the um, pleasure practice is for healing trauma is for healing. Um, not just physical imbalance, but mental, emotional imbalance. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and I see men, men who really want to understand how to connect with their partners, because you were talking about fantasy. A lot of men learn um, sex through porn. Sure. And then they get, and even children are learning sex through porn. And then there's a misguided understanding of what conscious intimacy is. And so I'm meeting men that really want to understand conscious intimacy for themselves, which makes me want to cry. And mm. with their partner, I have a couple coming who are madly in love with each other. Um, she's a, act, actually a yoga teacher, but they, they're going to take a week out to learn Tantra because they have two young children. And although they love each other immensely, they have not been able to connect on an intimate level. And they really want to understand how to do that. So you could be having great sex, but then taking it to a whole nother level. Right, right. Like really true connection with each other. I mean, there's a there's so much of a range from like just having sex and giving each other an orgasm to uh, actually connecting in bed and having fun and playing and have having a whole playful experience. And I think that that's really important for people to, to understand that it's not just sex. It's really about creative connection. There's a difference between that romantic idea that we have in the heart center and heart-centered consciousness. And so that's what you're growing with yourself and with your partner. Does that make sense? Absolutely. As you come together with your partner, there's also a spiritual experience there as well. Yeah, absolutely however you define spirit, right? Exactly, absolutely. And I'm very respectful uh, with that as well. I mean, because for some people, spirit is nature. For some people, spirit is gods and goddesses. And so being respectful of that, but absolutely, I wanna say, let's, let's associate spirit with energy. Yes. For our purposes, because in Tantra, there's an understanding that energy is superior to all of it. Mm -hmm. And so as we're practicing, 
what's happening is you're feeling energy move. And this is what um, intuitive healing is about, somatic healing is about, and these heartgasms that I talk about. So these are experiences not that are not talked about and not common and not really embraced because we use orgasm as the goal rather than pleasure. And then the pleasure leading to this expanded feeling of energy expansion, but also the pleasure within the arousal and the orgasm is actually a taste of bliss, a taste of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. I I, I would have so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I really, and the interesting thing is that it's been made wrong, like deep pleasure in this way, or just pleasure in general, there's some sort of inherent wrongness. And I let, I feel like we might need to just touch on that a minute. I have a bunch of other questions, but do you want to touch on the people that come to you and have this innate sense of it being a wrongness instead of like that bliss that we're actually meant to experience here on planet earth? Yeah. Which is why I started with pleasure can be anything. It doesn't have to be sexual pleasure because if there is um, shame, we all have it. I mean, me too. I mean, I'm still working on it, but I've gotten very far with the idea of shame and guilt, embarrassment when it comes to sexuality and sensuality. I mean, I've been doing things now with this that I never dreamed I would do because of my religious background and paradigms and beliefs. So when someone comes with um, different feelings of um, pain or trauma, it is often rooted in belief systems. It is often rooted in um, feelings of shame, feelings of embarrassment, feelings of being judged, lack of confidence. I would say for for men, it's, it's often a lack of confidence and for men, It's just a complete disconnect um, where the the head and the heart and the genitals are not working in concert. Mm -hmm. Fascinating thing, reflexology wise, the tip of the penis or the head of the lingam is the heart reflex point. The head of the Mm -hmm. cervix in a woman, the head of the cervix in a woman is the heart reflex point. So isn't it fascinating that in heterosexual sex, when you're having intercourse, you're actually stimulating your heart reflex points together. That's so cool. I love hearing stuff like that. I had no idea. It would make sense. If we start with this centering like you did, right? A heart center in our genitals, we're charging up the heart chakra and the heart reflex point and we're sending a very deep message of connection there how fucking spiritual is that jonda very (laughs) it is now so if you're just banging away right in a hurry eh, okay but if you do all this tuning in the expansion of energy and pleasure and consciousness and it's not just healing for you and your partner, but one of the one of the wa- reasons I practice so long is I want to help the planet. I want to help other beings in the planet. So when I'm expanding my energy, light, sound, form, my light, sound, and form, I'm magnifying it out to all beings. And I'll say that prayer, and I'll do that because as that energy expands out. It's helping others heal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so much. And, yeah. you know, and I, I also feel that just these conversations where we invite people to greater pleasure in any area of their life, it's expanding consciousness because they, I think in general, or maybe in a collective, they have cut off this idea that it's okay to, seek pleasure and really lush in life. Just a a few thoughts. And I think that us talking about this and inviting people to it is also changing the consciousness on the planet. Yeah. I mean, just teaching people to tune into themselves. Um, 
I'm sure you yeah. guys know this. I mean, most of my clients throughout my 40 years, um, the sentiment is, you know, it's very hard for people to go inside and look and feel themselves, let alone touch themselves and really love their genitals. Like that's just not a thing, right? It's becoming more of a thing. <laughs> We're becoming more open as, yeah, as the, the seasons change. Thank goodness, right? Right, yeah. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, Ayurvedic treatments for well, vaginal care, whether it's through food we eat or actual tinctures that we use to help, you know, just vaginal care from either pain or discomfort. And, um, and if there's anything like specific that you could give us tips on. Okay. Let me just leave off with both Ayurveda and Tantra appreciate um, energy as medicine using breath work, light and sound. So know that Whenever you work with light and sound and form, you're working with the chakras, the energy centers, and that, that is medicine. So mm. if you have a deficit of any kind, if you have inflammation or pain of any kind, I am going to assign sometimes different therapies using touch or breath work or meditation because it's an easy medicine or nature or ritual because it's an easy medicine or sense therapies because it's an easy and fun medicine that start the healing process. That said, moving more into Ayurveda with sense therapies, whenever there's an imbalance or disharmony of any kind, I like to look at the pillars of health and assign sense therapies from there. So the pillars of health are your appetite, digestion, elimination, sleep, energy, including sexual energy. Mm. And we kind of measure all of that and we look at maybe what the imbalances are, what the symptoms are. If they're genitally related, of course, me, I, I love to use practical and physical tools, herbs, tinctures, food, and I will do that, but I always am listening. I'm listening to your metaphor. I'm listening to your story because that story and those experiences are in your DNA, are in your cellular tissue. And so like you noted before, changing that paradigm is paramount. You can eat really healthy food, but you also have to you know, do a little bit of that other belief system and energy work as well. So um, I would say for, I would want you to give me an example of um, an, in a, a disorder imbalance. Yeah, um, well, so I uh, kind of over it now, um, but for a little while there, I had what they were calling is vaginosis. I guess it's kind of a precursor to an actual yeast infection because, well, it, you know, because it already, you know, the lube wasn't exactly right during sex, which we have nearly every day if not more than once, um, I, I, it was so painful early on that, you know, it, you know, I had to take action on it. So that's one of my things that, you know, was on and off. It was, um, you know, like every three months, right. It was like, I'd have it like three or four times a year. Um, and I found out, you know, I found some tinctures that do work for me, but um, where would you, like, what about belief system or story that, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I ask, we've asked questions through access consciousness and, you know, but that's one of my things. Before I ever answer people's questions, which is a little annoying, I ask mm -hmm. you questions. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I could go on, there's so many avenues uh, I could answer, but first I would want to know what did work for you? What were you aware of non-physically first that yeah. may have been contributing to that? Well, I I did notice that I had a coated tongue and I, I started to tongue scrape um, cause I thought that it was like yeasty, like I, you know, maybe I should take out bread, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Um, so that was one of the, the symptoms that I noticed that also went with it. 
um, at that same time. But other than that, I don't know really what else to say. Okay, I'll give you some more, but let's let's address the coating on the tongue. And uh, one of the things that uh, comes up a lot for yeast infections is candida. You may have heard of that word, candida, which is right. a yeast that's natural in the body, but then it becomes really expanded and prolific if there's um, excesses happening. Also, um, without naming the doshas and what they are, um, yeast and candida is also uh, telling me that there's excess heat and friction mm -hmm. going on in the body and heat and friction can be caused by two of the mind body constitutions and that brings in the third. So what I was getting at when I was asking you first, what have you noticed? Had you noticed um, anything non-physical? So the tongue is actually a physical thing and the coatings on the tongue are, are going to give an explanation. Sometimes when there's uh, inflammation or yeast infection, the tongue won't have a coating. Instead, it'll have red blotches or it'll be very red or red on the tips. So just yeah. know that sometimes it doesn't show up as a coating because inflammation and the heat can, can burn that uh, ama or toxin that you were looking for on your tongue. Does that make uh -huh. sense? Yeah, absolutely. So if we look at it just from the perspective of, oh, okay, so yeast and friction and heat um, kind of all go together. An infection or inflammation, what would be the opposite of heat? And that would be something cooling. So then right. you would reach for herbs that are cooling, beverages that are cooling, foods that are cooling, lifestyle activities that are cooling, sound therapy, sense therapy, get it? So we go and do the opposite of what was happening. And so when I say cooling, cleansing, in the way of sense therapies, and we start with food, what do you think of? Like a food, a cooling food, I think of cucumber soup. There you go. So <laughs> that's so about all I know though. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So all greens, especially bitter greens are very cooling. So yeast infections and inflammation of any kind or itises of any kind means the blood is too hot. Okay. There's too much fire in the physical body. And so all greens are going to be cooling and cleansing and bitter greens, especially really good for the liver, the gallbladder. And you can take them as soups. You can take them as pureed soups. You can take them as salads if you can digest them, but that's a whole nother conversation because remember pillars of health, appetite, mm -hmm. digestion, eliminations. I'm measuring all of that before I assign a diet or right. a prescription of some sort. Uh, pureed soups, all the different mind body types in Ayurveda can digest them. Everyone can digest pureed soups. If you think baby food, right? Think of baby's tummy, that's what you think. So green juices, not everybody can digest them, but green juices, green drinks, green soups are your friend when you have any sort of inflammation or itis. What about fruits? Watermelon, cantaloupe, so things like that? Yeah, fruits are good depending on the time of year and also depending on the mind-body type. Believe it or not, for some people, fr fruits will bloat them and they won't be able to handle the sweetness sometimes of the sugar in the fruit, but you're absolutely right. So here's the thing, like a lot of people think when they come to me or that I, I'm specialized in Ayurveda or if they're interested in Ayurveda, they see that there's very restricted diets. I don't do that. Um, what I do is, I look at what you like to eat and I make it fit your mind-body constitution for a healing purpose. So not all practitioners will do that, but I have found that it works best because most people will come to me thinking that they're eating healthy and they are, but not realizing they're triggering something. And the, the way that you know it's triggering something is your appetite, digestion, elimination, sleep, and energy. Real simple. It's real simple for me to see, but not always simple for you guys to see. So fruit in season is one of the rules. Fruit in season is one of the rules. Another one that's difficult because of the availability that we have for produce is um, eating something more regional. So you live in a hot climate. If you're in Texas, you're in a hot climate. 
fruits. You can get away with more tropical fruits almost year round. But if you keep eating um, fruits year round and the same fruits year round, I can almost promise you're going to have some sort of allergies or a yeast infection mm -hmm. or joint problems, or I can go on and on and on. So we really want to tune in. This is, goes back to what we were practicing earlier. Thoughts, feelings, sensations, images. When you learn how to turn up your intuitive self through all the things we were talking about, then you can really know just by your, your taste buds, just by your intuition, just by your tummy and how it feels. When you go reach for something, your body will say, no, I don't feel like eating that. Yep. Or you're shopping, your body will go, no, but I do want that right yeah. and start to this is this is tricky craving what's good for you or understanding what you're craving is your imbalance sometimes we'll crave our imbalance and candida is notorious yeah. for that yeast infections yeah. are notorious because they feed off of alcohol and sweets and they love they love all the stuff that that really pushes us over the edge so intuitive eating so i teach intuitive eating also teaches you how to know when you're craving something that's good for you versus when you're craving something that causes the imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, often when we do have those cravings, we just, uh, you know, people just give into them. Right. Um, and, and we still know it's a craving. We know the difference. Most people, I think, don't you think Jonda? Most people know the difference. I, I think we know the difference. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of, do you give in to it or do you not? Well, uh, here's the thing with cravings. Sometimes you're craving something that you'll, you'll label bad for you because hmm. there's some quality within that that your body really needs. So chocolate is a great example, right? Now we've learned that dark chocolate is good for us. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of hormonal balance, mental, emotional balance that comes from eating chocolate and chocolate is also an aphrodisiac. So mm -hmm. what's wrong with having a little chocolate every now and then? So it's things like that. Yeah, I'll absolutely. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that I learned was um, oregano oil helped it. Um, I don't really know why. That's not really a cooling thing, is it? Oregano is not particularly cooling, but I can, it would knock it right out of there for you. Like, because, like, penicillin, like a, like an antibiotic uh, would. Yeah. So not, a, not a bad thing at all. Cause it's like an antibacterial thing or yeah. something. All, all, all essential oils, antifungal, antibacterial. Uh -huh. um, so yes, but, but for you, because I can see here, feel that you have that fire, that pizza in you. I would make sure that if, if you enjoyed using oregano oil, I would look at, I would look at your lifestyles. I would look at the other foods you eat, the other herbs that you do, the other things to make sure that we kept a balance between the hot and the cool inside you and around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one of the things when I knew that I was predominantly Pitta was that I shouldn't be doing hot yoga. And I really fought that for a while. And then when I stopped doing so much hot yoga, I actually started to feel more vibrant yes. and, and lighter, people, right? For you, a lot of people will yeah. not admit that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it was, it was just such a practice for me. And I, you know, and, and I didn't realize that if I accident, if I purposely shifted and did something with less heat and less stringent than I was actually doing a service to my body instead of, you know, back in the way. Uh, yeah. So but, I want to say so. that I, I love hot yoga. So I have nothing against hot yoga, but there, there would be nice um, if there was um, an Ayurvedic understanding about how to do hot yoga in a more balancing way for the different mind body constitutions and, um, so for you, you figured that out for yourself. It took a while. <laughs> it took a while and a little bit of resistance. That was really very loving on your part to do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I also realized that I really needed to move. Like I needed more cardio instead of getting my cardio through heat and yoga. 
which was kind of an interesting revelation too. Nature is great for you. And also water is great for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I want to rewind a little bit to Jonda's question. I'm getting little, I get, I get little downloads. Um, the fruit, also fruit alone, e even if you're going to eat fruits that are out of season or not in your region, fruit alone by itself and waiting 15 minutes can be a prebiotic and a probiotic cleansing and rejuvenating. So I just want to make sure that you know that fruit has a place and it could be really great medicine. Your food can be yes. medicine. Your activities like yoga can be medicine or they can be the opposite is what you guys are figuring out. And anytime you have a craving, rather than go to a place of, I shouldn't eat that, or that's not good for me, ask yourself what it is you're craving. Where I was starting to go with that is, we honor that we have different tissues in our body. We have blood tissue, muscle tissue, fat tissue, nervous system tissue. We have our reproductive sexual tissue. And so a lot of times when we're craving, our body is craving for that tissue. For example, when we crave sweets and we think, oh, we shouldn't crave sweets, it's bad for us. Our blood plasma, our lymph, our breast tissue, are connected with the feeling of sweet satisfaction and contentment. So a lot of times, psycho-spiritually or psycho-consciously, what you're doing when you crave sweet is feeling a need for contentment and satisfaction to nourish that tissue. Make sense? It does. And I am, I am so drawn to fruit, especially as we get into the spring and summer um, with the strawberries and the peaches and the, and the watermelon. Um, and, and the cooling that they are to my body. Um, yes. And that's perfect because of where you live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm into watermelon juice this season, not always, but the season I've been like, okay, so let's talk about how to make watermelon balancing for the different mind body types. Besides okay. Besides <laughs> putting vodka or tequila or gin or whatever. Yeah your favorite thing is. I'm, I'm a tequila girl, but when uh, one of the ways that I'll mix um, watermelon in the uh, summer is with peppermint and with lime. Hmm. And are you just using the herbs or the, the fruit? Or are you using essential Herb, oils? In a blender, okay. cut watermelon, water, fresh mint or spearmint, and lime. Yum. It sounds delicious. And you blend that all together. You can strain it and it's, it's absolutely delicious. Um, if mm -hmm. someone is more uh, needing warmth, they run cold, their hands and feet are cold, even in the summertime, then you would throw in fresh ginger. I love ginger. Oh, yum. I know. I'm just like, oh, this is good. <laughs> So watermelon, water, fresh ginger root, a little Himalayan salt, maybe some lemon and blend that up, strain it. And that would be your drink. Oh, I love that. My new recipe. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Talk about snacks. <laughs> um, so oh. sometimes when I see people about food, they really want to go to tell me the herb, tell me the food to eat. Mm-hmm. The first place everyone should go really is, is called uh, an acronym EAT, Eating Awareness Tips. Eating Awareness Tips. This is first and foremost because it doesn't matter how healthy the herb or food is if you are not receiving it and assimilating it. So eating awareness tips, real simply, I'll give you a few is slow your roll, eat slowly, take small bites, chew slowly. Yes. I'm uh, Italian. So I mean, we like just, you know, and we change everything like that. There's nothing that like Americans like to eat the same things always. Yes. I got really lucky because I don't like to, to do that ever. Um, but I also learned to eat slowly. Not that I always do, but um, no. yeah, that's a big, big, that's huge for digestion. It is huge. And I'm not um, going to the macrobiotic way is a 54 choose. I'm not going to 
take you there. <laughs> but I'm going to, to ask you to notice if you are rushing and no. slow down. And if you're tasting. If you're tasting and enjoying. Mm-hmm. But really the first thing is when you enter your kitchen, you know, slow down or when you enter your mm-hmm. space, or have food in front of you, will you sit? Can you sit? Do you have time to sit, bless your food, appreciate your food, however you do your appreciation thing? Breathe, slow down, eat, chew slowly, take small bites. And then Mm -hmm. it's 75% full game. 75% full game for no matter what your, your, your symptom is, what your healing is needed, 75% full will teach your digestive energy to be more balanced. And when your digestive energy is strong and balanced, so is your immune system. And so is your electromagnetic field, which we talked about earlier. Make sense? Love it. Yes. Very much. And very cool. 75% full game. And the other one is the hunger scale game. I'll notice a lot that people will wait till they're starving or skip meals wait till they're starving, skip meals, make a poor choice and overeat because everything is so wobbly. This has a lot to do with what I talked about earlier, the tissues and what the tissues need to feel balanced. And this is about self-respect, self-sabotage versus self-respect, self-love and self-care. Also about intuitive eating and intuitive healing. Super cool. So Gina, you work with people one-on-one. I do. as I work, couples. I, I work with individuals, couples, and small groups. Um, I work at my home. I work virtually. I work around the country, meaning um, if I'm in the Hamptons, you get yourself an Airbnb. I come to you. You come to me. We can do that sort of thing. Uh, Florida, Kauai. I have a couple that I'm meeting in Costa Rica. Yeah, so that kind of oh, thing. Nice. When will you be in Texas next? I'm hoping for South by Southwest. (laughs) And uh, what I hope to do is some music and meditation uh, workshops, uh, hopefully Tantra again, but I'll let you know. Very cool. So how do people get these tantric sex snacks? Um, I will have both in my Instagram, uh, you know how you click on the profile and there's a little link Mm -hmm. tree. So it'll be there. And also if you go to my website, the little banner on top, I want to make available to you guys um, the sex snacks and aphrodisiacs uh, PDFs, but also I've shortened my quizzes. I have what's called a dosha DNA and a dosha 911. Dosha is your mind body constitution. And what I've designed is something called your mind, body, spirit, sex type. Remember you define spirit and we can call it consciousness as well and energy as well. Your mind, body, spirit, sex type dosha Nine, uh, dosha DNA is about your true nature or prakruti, we call it. This was uh, created at the time of your conception. This is your true nature and it's measured in percentages. Dosha 911 is what's called your vikruti and this is where your imbalances show up. I have a very comprehensive quiz, but I made it into this smaller quiz that's easier to understand it easier to take. So if you want the big one, you can ask me for that, but uh, I'm gonna make available in that banner, the smaller one. Very nice. And you've got a lot of amazing classes up on your website that are, um, they're both um, hmm, online programs and then in person. um, Most everything can be done virtually. I see a lot of people virtually. um, It's when someone wants body therapies, I can teach you how to do your own body therapies, or you can come here or meet me somewhere and receive the Ayurvedic body therapies. There's also something called yoga therapy. I have about five different types of yoga therapy that are uh, mind-body, spirit journeying, shamanic journeying, kundalini yoga therapy, tantric yoga therapy. These can be done online or in person as well. Super, super cool. So we will include uh, for everybody um, links to your website and to your Instagram page so they can go to that link tree and find the tantric sex snacks and aphrodisiacs, um, as well as um, take these wonderful quizzes. And um, anyway, this was absolutely wonderful. This was, yeah, amazing. You're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are are there any personal questions uh, other than 
what you talked about? That the other thing I had uh, in that I just wanted to ask was, you know, I've noticed that sometimes it's like really easy for me to climax and then, and then I'll have like a season where it's not as easy, right? It's just like a lot of really being with it. And then, you know, my libido, it seems like it, it's on and off. One of the questions I had is if Ayurveda had any you know, so thoughts, you thoughts about seasons, right? Because I know seasons, you know, have like, like there's that sad thing for the winter season. Yes. <laughs> in, in, you know, so I just, I was curious if Ayurveda had some seasonal kind of information about that or yeah, there's, as usual, uh, so many things come to me, but the first thing that came to me that I want to share, and, and we'll put this in the link because this is one of my favorite companies. They're out of Oregon. They make homemade formulas called Rasayanas, and an abbreviated explanation of what a Rasayana is, is a medicated or herbal jam or herbal paste, medicated ghee, which is clarified butter with mm -hmm. herbs cooked into it from Ayurvedic formulas for correcting imbalances or building your ojas so or nourishing your body. We talked about this and you can read all about the different formulas, but women's treasure is one of my favorites. Uh -huh. I would recommend women's treasure for you. Whenever you're using herbs or essential oils or tinctures, supplements, foods, Please don't feel like if it's good for you, I'm going to do it every day for the rest of my life. No, you're not. You're going to listen to your body. You're going to take something for a little while and study its effects and see how it feels to you. Typically, when I assign a Rasayana to my clients, I have them pick one. You're going to want two or three because they all sound delicious and wonderful. But you really only want to start with one so that you can study it. In two weeks, you should feel and notice a difference. Women's Treasure, there's also a male repro to, you know, for the guys and love those. Ayurveda underscore herbs, Rasayana. This has been an amazing conversation. Thanks so much, Gina. Love you guys. Do you want to score some delicious meditations and breath work from me and Jonda? If you do, go ahead and rate, review, screenshot, and send over your review on Apple Podcasts to hello at realrawyou.com, and we will send some delicious meditative goodies right over.